You're listening to the Direction for Life podcast. We pray this episode blesses you. We'd love to connect with you. Visit us at rdci.info or on Facebook at Right Direction Church International. Also, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at the RDCI. We hope you enjoy this broadcast. I preached this scripture when I, when I introduced this theme about in the beginning of the year about building with grace. God's given us his grace. He said, utilize the grace as he has given it to you to be utilized, appropriated as he's given it to you to appropriate it. We then as works together beseech you that you receive not the grace of God in vain. The New Living Translation says, as God's partners, we beg you not to accept this marvelous gift of God's kindness and then ignore it. So the New Living Translation definition of the word grace is this marvelous gift of God's kindness. Grace is a marvelous gift of God's kindness. You say, how can you receive that and then ignore it? So I want to speak tonight on a subject that I don't think I've ever taught on it. I may have used the phrase a couple of times. I didn't read it. I didn't hear about it. I had never heard anybody else preach about it or teach about it. It's a, it's a concept that God has given me to um, to help understand what some people are doing regarding um, the extremes or taking advantage of this of grace to an extreme and it's what I call grace abuse everybody say grace abuse, grace abuse. so I want to talk about grace abuse tonight so we know that anytime you hear abuse you know that's not good whether you're abusing money, abusing drugs, abusing your child, abusing your wife, or abusing your husband. Always have to add that because some of these brothers, they be getting abused. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I know of cases where marriages broke up, people saying all kinds of things, but what really led to the marriage totally dissolving was, uh, was uh, the brother being abused. Okay? So, abuse. So, in order to understand this concept, Let's start with some basics. I want to go over some definitions so we then build up to this whole concept and talk more expanded from Scripture about grace abuse. Grace is, uh, when we talk about the grace of God, I'm not going to the Greek or the Hebrew. I'm going to want to make this real practical. When we talk about the grace of God, we're talking about the goodness of God. We're talking about the love of God. We're talking about the favor of God the provision of God, and the blessings of God. I'm sure there's some other words we can use there. But we know grace is good. Grace is the manifestation of God's love to, I got ready to say his people, but the fact that God God gave us grace before we became his people. We are his people because of grace. You know, God even reminded the children of Israel that he says when, when they started smelling themselves and getting the big head because we're saying we're God's chosen people, the Lord even had to remind them. He said, you need to understand, the Lord didn't choose you because you were some great people. He said, Let, let's remember the scripture says you weren't a people. You were nobody. But God, God had a relationship with one man named Abraham. And because of his promise to him and what he would do for him because he walked before him, because he honored God by believing God when everybody else was serving the moon in the land of Ur, okay, the, then for that reason, God gave a promise to him that he fulfilled by 
giving him a people, a descendant, a great nation. And so it's important for us to understand that nothing that we have, nothing that we have, nothing that we're able to do, none of the blessings we have, we would have it if it were not for the grace of God. And this is something the Lord really reminded me of a couple of years ago because, you know, I came out of a background at one point where uh, everything that we had, we, we, were, we claimed it based upon our faith. Okay, faith. Well, I believe God for that. Got this church because I believe God. You know, got this land because we believe God. Yeah, okay, yeah. But I'm going to show you from the scripture is grace that made it available. It's grace that made it available. It's faith that makes it accessible. Okay? You couldn't have faith for anything that God didn't first make available to you. Mm, It's grace that makes it available to you. Well, I believe God for my healing, but it's grace that made healing available to you. Are you you're following me here? And so, as powerful as you think you, your faith is, as uh, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna somewhere somewhere here in the next few months, gonna teach a message on on what it really means to have strong faith. Okay, as powerful as you think your faith is, Paul says in First Corinthians 13, though I may have faith to move mountains, it's grace that makes it available to us. Okay, so when we talk about the grace of God, we're saying when I'm starting my grace abuse and telling us not to abuse the grace of God, I'm saying don't abuse the goodness of God. Don't abuse the love of God. Don't abuse the favor of God. Don't abuse uh, the provision of God. Don't take for granted the blessings of God. So now we come to this word. Now we understand grace. Now let's look at abuse. Abuse is the improper use of something. The improper use of something. If I stand on this table, I'm re- even, even if it holds me, it's not what this table was intended for. I'm really abusing this table. Okay? It wasn't, it wasn't designed for that. So the improper use of a thing or a person is abuse. To use something to a bad effect or for a bad purpose. Okay? Um, you can... You can, um, you, 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 can, you can take pills to help you get over surgery while you're healing. Or you can take pills to trip and get high. You follow me? There's a normal use and there's an abnormal use. Some, somebody, you know, even, even, even you, know, um, you know, people come to, Pastor Mars was telling me on, the, on Christian, on TV, and they, they were talking about uh, CBD. And, uh, and how, the, how the, the benefits of, of CBD, mm-hmm. okay? On the other hand, there's, there's from the same derivative, you can just be smoking, okay, and getting high, okay? Versus, you know, they, people realized years ago that, that there was a benefit for people with glaucoma, okay? So there, and which I don't, I, don't have a, I don't have an issue with those things because there's a use for things, and some things we're just finding the use of it mm-hmm. and discovering it, but then there's also abuse of things. That's the abnormal, use it for something that was not intended for. And so the word ab, okay, it means wrongly. It means wrong. See, that's why I don't have abs. Because abs means, ab means wrong. It's wrong. It's wrong. That's vanity. Okay? Ab, the word, original word ab, only it means wrong. So abnormal means, is, means that it's wrong. It's, so when we, ab, abuse is wrong use. You're with me here. So when we put this together with the grace of God, we're saying don't improperly use the goodness of God. 
don't abnormally use the love of God, the favor of God. Don't abnormally use the blessing of God. Okay? And so grace abuse is, going back to the foundational text from Romans 6 and 1, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Another way of saying, because God is so good, because God is so loving, because God is, gives us so much provision, because God gives us favor and God gives us blessing, do we just abuse that? Say, don't matter what I do because he's going to bless me anyway. Wow. Okay. It, 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 it doesn't matter how I treat people. God, God is a good God and he'll bless me anyway because he's just good like that. It doesn't matter whether I tithe or not because God is going to bless me anyway. He, you know, he, watch this. <clears throat> he, because God reigns on the just and the unjust. So I don't have to be just for him to reign on me. I just keep being unjust because he, he'll reign, he reigns with me. He blesses the just and the unjust. Do you all see how that's grace abuse? And yet people live like that. People think that we don't have to live a life up to God's standards because God is a good God. And so now people are even debating or, de uh, or have debated about whether hell is real or not. Okay. Uh, I believe hell is real, but I'm so glad it won't be an issue for me. Okay. It won't be an issue. That, that got said a long time ago. Okay. I'm on my way to heaven and I'm joining the trip. Amen. But so people say, so some, so some people may, well, well if, if hell's not real, then I can live any kind of way. Because, uh, well, God is so good. God is so gracious. God's so forgiving. His blood automatically washes. His blood automatically atones. He's, he's a loving, forgiving, favoring God. It doesn't matter how I live. That's grace abuse. I don't have to repent. Because he automatically washes away my sins. They, they, these, are, these are debates that, that people are having in the body of Christ today. These are, these are theories and, and that people are saying that. And so I don't, because for me to have to live a certain way, that's legalism, they say. How about it because I love the Lord? Amen. That, that's what I've been, I've been preaching this for the last several weeks now. That you can't be living saved merely because you're scared of hell. And you know, can you be the living say just because you want to go to heaven? This is supposed to be a relationship. It's supposed to be a relationship. I, we're supposed to love God and, and we, us loving God and living for God and uh, living our lives according to the standard is a res, should be a response to his grace, a response to his love. Um, Romans, the 12th chapter, another translation says, in light of all these mercies, and, and, you gotta, and I, we're going to get to that in some in a couple of weeks here, in a couple of lessons. But in light of his mercies, in light of all he's done for us, then you ought to just present your body a living sacrifice. That's right. Holy and acceptable. It's your reasonable. It, it's the least you can do when you come to realize and appreciate all he has done, which is the next word I want to talk about. Uh, I want to talk about depreciate and depreciate, appreciate, and despise. So to depreciate, it means to, to diminish in value over time. So 
Y'all know when I teach about financial things, I say, listen, you know, a car is a depreciating asset. So if you're going to get a car and buy a new car, it's better you need to get in it right so you don't spend the rest of your rest, rest of these 72 months or 80 months, 84, however they're long, they're letting you finance it now, saying you got a blessing because you haven't put no money down. You make a minimum payment. And by the way, the interest rates just went up as of today, at least a quarter of a point. And they're probably going to continue to go up. They're trying to trying to curb inflation, the way to do that is to try to keep people from, from using credit cards and spending and all that, okay? And so they rate, raise interest rates, okay? Um, and so, as, you know, so it goes down in value. So depreciate means to go down in value or to reduce the value of. If you don't understand the grace of God and have an appreciation for it, you will depreciate the grace of God. You cheapen it. If you don't have an appreciation for the, for the blood of Jesus, you'll depreciate the blood. To appreciate means to give more value to, to, to go up in value, to go up in esteem. To depreciate means to decrease the value of, which brings us to another word I want to bring up, despise. Despise. To, to despise is to look down upon. And, or to ignore. My you know, when I was coming along, uh, they used to say, you know, children would try to say something. Even if you're saying something important or smart, you weren't allowed to say it. Because they say, listen, children ought to be seen. Y'all ever hear that? Why, why God give children a voice if they ain't supposed to be heard? Okay. Children ought to be seen and not heard. How much grew up hearing that? Okay, yeah. No, what, what, what you're really saying, we're despising the voice of a child. And even though Jesus said, out of the, word, out of the mouths of babes and suckling, have our ordained praise, a child shall lead them. Well, when you're despised, you're looking down upon, you're, you're ignoring. So what does this, all this have to do with grace? Grace, which I said is the grace of God, with the goodness of God, the love of God, the favor of God, the provision of God, the blessing of God. What does this have, have to do with abuse? So all right, now, if I don't understand, if I don't appreciate the grace of God, if I don't make the grace of God a big thing, if I don't make the grace of God of utmost importance in my life and give it great value, I will despise the grace of God. I'll ignore the grace of God. I'll diminish the grace of God over time depreciate it. I'll disparage or belittle it. I'll look down on it and I ignore it. And so what's happening, y'all, is that so many people in the body of Christ, we, because we, we, we're getting an understanding of grace, what God is, what God has done, but we're not really being taught how we need to respond to that grace, what it means to appreciate that grace. You can appreciate and value the grace of God and continue in sin. You can't value and appreciate the grace of God and think it doesn't matter how you live. You can't, you can't value and appreciate the grace of God and say things like, well, he'll forgive me anyway so I can go ahead and sin. I heard that recently. I heard that recently somebody, I heard, heard somebody recently say in the context of uh, being unmarried and having sex, they said, well, nobody's perfect. You just have sex and ask God to forgive you. 
Okay? When that is grace abuse. Because of the grace of God, he will forgive you. Because of the grace of God, it's available to you. But to sin, as the scripture says, willfully, and someone, just, someone reduced that one time and said, well, we all sin willfully. That's the only way. No, that ain't true. Because the, the, there's, there's a struggle when James 1 says, every man tempted when drawn away of his own lust and entice. Okay? When you sin willfully, don't have to be no enticement. Don't have to be no struggle. This is what I do. Okay? I cuss, so I cuss. I don't have to be mad to cuss. I just cuss because that's part of my vocabulary. Now, some of us cuss when we get mad. That was a, it was a struggle. You tried not to, but they pushed your button. That was a struggle. And some people wake up cussing. My goodness. My goodness. Okay. So it's one thing to sin willfully, and, 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 it, and it's another thing to not even try to come up to God's standard. Or discipline yourself. So, so when you sin willfully, you really live an undisciplined life. There's no discipline. You're not trying to live discipline. And another reason for some people do that because they are abusing the grace of God. Okay? Uh, one of the scriptures I used Sunday, it said that the wicked say, uh, it said God is not in, the, in his thoughts. And they say God doesn't punish God doesn't punish. I was reading the scripture, I believe it's in Romans around the second chapter, somewhere around there, where Paul talks about the goodness of God, which is the grace of God, but he also talks about the severity of God. Right. He said, you need to recognize there's the goodness of God, but there's the severity of God. He, particularly when we despise his grace. Anything you want to say? So to appreciate the grace of God, to make it big, to keep its value high, you need to know and understand what grace did for you and what it made available for you. So when I was preparing this, I thought about uh, Saturday I was working in my office at the house. I'm still unpacking stuff, still unpacking books and all that kind of stuff. So I was working in my office. And while I was working in my office, there's a, uh, a documentary that I recorded. It came on CNN a few weeks ago, maybe a month or so ago. It's called LBJ, okay, about Lyndon Burr Johnson. And some of us will know that he was a president who, who just, if you allow me to say, who was thrown into the White House, thrown, in, thrown into the presidency after John Kennedy got assassinated uh, in Dallas in 1963, I believe. Okay? And so uh, Lyndon Burge Johnson was a good old country southerner from Texas, from the hills of Texas. He wasn't thinking about being, tech, about being president. He didn't plan on being president. Uh, he was one time the Speaker of the House, I believe. Um, but he never thought he, could, he never thought somebody come from his background, as country as him, and as common as him, could be president. He had no, no, collect, no connection with the Ivy League like the Kennedys did. Okay, Ivy League, Harvard, and Yale, and all that. And so the only reason why he was even on the ticket is because there was no way that an Irish Catholic Ivy Leaguer from the North in Massachusetts was going to win the presidency without having Southern, those good old Southern votes. And so, so um, Lyndon Burr Johnson was put on the ticket for that, okay? Never thinking he was, he was left out, he was, he was despised, he was ignored during the presidency, he wasn't brought in any meetings, 
He didn't know anything. As a matter of fact, when he became president, he, they, they, on this documentary, they have all these tapes. He's telling somebody, he said, what do you do? He said, man, this is a hard job. He said, I just, you know, I'm up 24-7 just reading, trying to understand all this stuff. He said, I didn't know the presidency was this hard. Wow. He said, man, this is, this is some serious, and he was very crude too. This is some serious stuff. Wow. Okay? Never planned on being president. But when I, when I saw this documentary, one of the things that, and even, and there are, there's somebody listened to an Urban View who's, a, who's an expert in black history, and, uh, and, and, and uh, he, always, he always said, people, Johnson was a straight up racist. And his record showed that he was a racist until, up until he became president. He was just following the good old boy system of the Southern Democrats at the time. Because that's, he was from the South, that's how you're going to make it. You don't make it by kicking against the system. So he goes along, and then he becomes president, and like he changes his spots. And one of the things he kept saying was, he said, I never thought I had this much power. But since I got this power, blankety blank, I'm going to use it to change America. And so as a result of that, he pushed through the Civil Rights Act of 1964. He pushed the Voting Rights Act. He pushed... Medicare, okay, that people still taking advantage of and having today. And then one of the things that really caused, I'm, I'm talking about appreciation. I, once I knew what he did, it gave me more an appreciation for him. I esteem his name more. I esteem his presidency more. Now, now his greatest disparaging thing that happened is that he, he, he escalated the Vietnam War, even though he didn't start the Vietnam War. Both, both Eisenhower and, um, and Kennedy had both signed treaties that if communism was trying to spread anywhere around the world, we're going to get involved. And now he, and, and so now he escalated that. It, it ruined his presidency because his popularity, he, he probably would have been president for about nine to ten years, but he ended up being president only for, for five years because when he, after he lost the, uh, the first primary in New Hampshire so badly in 1968, he dropped out and, and didn't try to to get the, um, the nomination. So one of the things I learned about LBJ is that the whole march on Selma that we've had movies about and all that, he was, he, he was coaching Dr. King and helping him get strategy for how to do this. Dr. King, go, they, they go after he passes the, the after he pushes through the, uh, the uh, voting, the, the um, Civil Rights Act Okay, all the South went Republican. He was depressed right afterwards, and asked him why. He used to be excited. He said, "I fear that for the indefinite future, I have lost the South to the Republican Party." Some of y'all didn't know all these. The Democrats used to used to run South Carolina, and Georgia, and Mississippi, and Alabama, and they all jumped ship after one of their own betrayed them by pushing through the Civil Rights Act of 1964. And then they all jumped ship. And, and as a matter of fact, when he ran for president, when he ran in 1964, he lost, it was a landslide. A landslide all except for six states. You had the, we had the five states gathered in the south in a block. South Carolina, Georgia, Mississippi, Louisiana, or Alabama. 
They all stuck there against him because he was pushing for civil rights for these colors or Negroes, as was commonly said, right? And the other state was Arizona. The reason why Arizona, because Barry Goldwater, who was running as, as a Republican, he was from, so his state, he won his state, okay? And during the sip, there's a picture of him when he gives the, um, the, the he addresses Congress about passing the Civil Rights Act of 1964. There's a picture of Dr. King sitting in the home in Selma, I, 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 in, in Selma where they, had, where they were organizing this, this march. And all this was, all, he had just been talking to Dr. King. They were talking, he was talking to Dr. King and his team before this, during this, after this, telling them what he's going to say and all this. And he said, when they wanted him to pass, he said, give me the power. The power meant I, I need enough political clout that America needs to, wants to get this done. So he coached them how to do this. This is Dr. King sitting watching LBJ address Congress in like 1965 or so. And this is where, where, where LBJ said, said, our nation has to get over this issue, and we as a nation, we shall overcome. And that was a basically endorsement and embracing of the civil rights movement. I said all that to say, even me saying that to you, now that you know more about LBJ, you appreciate him more, don't you? You can't appreciate the grace of God if you don't understand what it did for you. When you esteem it, you'll value it. If you really, esteem, if you understand what grace did for you and what, what it made available for you, there's no way you could be a grace abuser. So John 1.16, it says, John 1 says, and for his fullness, we have received grace for grace. Because of Jesus, we get grace for grace. What, what, what do we say grace is? Goodness, blessing, favor. He said because of his fullness, we get grace for grace. We get favor and more favor. Blessings and more blessings. Kindness and more kindness. Love and more love. Because of all that Jesus made available for us. That verse from the Amplified, and uh, when I stepped and pointed out, I, I quote from the Amplified Classic, what they have for the media is Amplified English. There's a new one, there's an old one. So, so that, that's why the word's a little bit different sometimes, okay? So the Amplified cla Classic that, that I usually use, because that's the one that's, a, that's on my system. It says, for out of his fullness, abundance, we have all received, all had a share, and we are all supplied, watch this, with one grace after another. Spiritual blessing upon spiritual blessing. And favor upon favor. Gift heaped upon gift. Because of what Jesus did for us. You'll see that? Grace and more grace. Blessing after blessing. Favor upon favor. Gift after gift. How can you abuse that grace? If you love our podcast and the impartation you gain from it, we encourage you to become an iChurch member. As an iChurch member, you'll get access to exclusive digital content as well as an online community and various small group sessions. To find out more, visit rdci.info forward slash iChurch. Connect with us for digital impartation weekly. Join Bishop Herbert and Dr. Marsha Bailey on Clubhouse for marriage, faith, and family inside Kingdom Business Network on Tuesdays at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. 
subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash RDCITV. We stream live services on Sundays at 7.30 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, as well as Wednesday at 12 noon and 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Ladies, join us for Manifest on Fridays at 12 noon Eastern Standard Time.